Welcome to episode 17 of the unofficial Hunter Hunter podcast. I don't care if you had a good Christmas. Um, today I'm joined by Don Diego. What's up, guys? Who, I assume your car is working. Yeah, yeah. Uh, about $800 later, though. So that was a fun Christmas present Ouch. for myself. And Bullet Beast. What's happening, guys? I don't even know if he has a car. I do. Is it working? It just it, it explodes a lot. But at least your dad is a mechanic, so there's that. Yeah. It's had a good run lately, you know, cross fingers. <laughs> your car is yeah. the next one to <laughs> fail. Yeah. So today we're going to be talking about episode 12 of the anime, and not episode 13, because that sucks. And we're also going to be covering the last two chapters of the manga. Which I don't even remember which numbers those are. You know, I think uh, it's three twenty nine and three thirty. Okay. Um, you know, I think the reason why they did a filler episode is because it was Christmas. Does that make sense to anybody? No, because I think a lot of people did that. I think a lot of like people did not do an episode that week. Yeah, but you could have just no- skipped it. Yeah, there's no new episode next week though, too. Well, like episode 14 will be for another week or so. It's because they're taking everyone's taking this week off for yeah. New Year's, I assume. But I think everything else still aired Christmas week. Hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't understand why the fuck they did it. They probably did it for the reasons of fuck it. <laughs> yeah. Is yeah. when you look at it, um, everything has typically a 12 to 13 week season. 13 because division. Sometimes those are the episodes that you usually use for recap if it's going to be a long series. Even if it's only a two-season series back in the day when they did recaps, um, it was typically around the halfway point. Just in case, I don't know, you just walked into the show on episode 13 and you're like, okay, what's the show about? And the studio says, ah, perfect, we have this just for you. Fuck everyone else that was watching the show all along knows what's going on they could go to sleep this week this week is just for you fan that just showed up today that you can show up and just get everything basically all in one little showing you poor lonely bastard you have a lot of free time and no family this (laughs) is what happened in hunter hunter (laughs) 
He's like, here, enjoy the whole entire 12 episodes that you've seen in one half an hour session. And that way you won't bitch about the pacing. But we got some rating news uh, for episode 10, which aired on uh, December the 4th, which is the latest rating news that we have. It came in at a um, 4.3%, which dropped from the previous week at 4.8, coming in at 12th place overall behind Sweet Precure and on above Beelzebub or Beelzebub. Oh, do you remember what episode 10 was about? The, uh, yeah, the episode title was Trick to the Trick. It was the one where uh, Kurapika has just uh, had just defeated Majitani. Okay. And uh, when Leorio has to step in and they have to figure out what happens, uh, how to how to solve that issue. I have to keep reminding myself that okay, four is good for anime. Yes. Four is, is four is extremely well for anime in Japan. I still have no idea what they mean. It's it's an, it's like a Nielsen rating. Um, Even that. It's I think it's a percentage of the viewership in Tokyo. I think that's usually um, what they go by. Yes, that's exactly right. I, I only have a vague idea it, it, because it, it, um, live action TV shows typically do. 12 and the best and these are like lower tier live action um, scripted dramas and the high tier animes usually do between 12 and 20 ish yeah well I mean obviously when you're comparing the 21 the one that's usually around 20 is usually Zazezan like yeah because that it's one, for like 3 year olds right so. that that is always like in the 20 percentile but Usually, they'll come in around 14 down to about, I technically a point four is what the latest one has on here. But um, if if this helps, Bull Beast, the yeah that helps the, a lot. Uh, yeah, the loop in the third special that aired uh, at the same time during that week only got a 1.5 percent rating, basically. So it's doing better. It did better than a one shot, but it's definitely way below other animes. Uh, whereas, where is it? One Piece got eleven point two. Detective Conan got ten point five, and Toriko got like a seven point two. Yeah, well, it's it's declining in popularity a bit. I'm not surprised. Um, yeah. this isn't exactly the interesting part of the story maybe people figured hey let me tune out here come back when it gets to the stuff i like or maybe there are some people that are disenchanted with the censorship especially if you're older and just like okay the show is clearly for kids as much as hunter hunter could possibly be for children and let me tune out and come back later when i get to the grown-up stuff yeah that's if we get to that grown-up stuff. Yeah, that's true. It it <laughs> may not continue to air. But meanwhile, episode 12 did air um, the week Diego's car broke, I guess. Yeah. And we, and we decided not to record. So episode 12, I have no idea what the title is. 
even though I just watched it. <laughs> last test of resolve. And we get about half or somewhere around 60% of the episode is filler. And I, as, as I was watching it, well, firstly, everyone was complaining about there being filler at episode 12. <laughs> so I, I don't know exactly what I was expecting based on the complaints about the existence of filler because it wasn't so much complaints about what it was, more as, oh... You haven't even made it through the first um, fourth of a year, and already we have filler. But it struck me as something kind of interesting to do, because the time that they're in this room for the 50 hours isn't really expounded upon in the manga. So it gave them a bit of a break where you could just show the characters interacting. And of course, you have... um, Gon and Killua carrying out their promise, which was to teach each other um, skateboarding and fishing as much as you could teach those things in a room that small. Mm-hmm. And of course, Kurofik is reading because he's boring. <laughs> Nerd. <laughs> How dare you read to yeah. pass your time? No one There's does that. There's a TV there and you're reading. I will. Yeah. I, to, to go on what you said, Foxy, about the manga just kind of because the manga just kind of like ignores the whole aspect of waiting it's like oh you have to wait 50 hours turn the page done like there was no (laughs) there was no like nothing in between nothing for that so i i did enjoy that they added this in but at the same time it kind of led me to wonder if they added this and why the hell did they take out the sushi you know like if if they're because my whole entire point of me defending that move was because me, I thought that they were going to be, uh, you know, restricted for time because they had established it for 40 somewhat episodes and that they had ex- basically uh, fit the storyline so far that they had until those 40 somewhat episodes so that they had to cut stuff here and there to make it get to where they needed to be by that time. But them adding this in and then having a recap episode, the next one just kind of, threw that out the window, so I really yeah, have no fucking like... clue why they did this, but I enjoy it. I mean, it's kind of added more dynamic to the characters, a little bit more character development. Tampa, once again, being a dick to Leorio, and, Just you know... Just pushing all of his buttons. Right. I like that at one point they are just like, screw it, and he starts... They have some sort of asleep, um, smelly sock match. Yeah. <laughs> where they're they're both shoving their nasty feet in each other's faces. Like, the room is small, but it's not that small. You can sleep in corners where you're not touching each other. Mm-hmm. I think it's just because Leoria was, like, on the couch and, and, and Tampa was, like, on the couch. Or they're, like, next to each other for some reason. Dude, no, I was I'm gonna... That, I'm at that part right now, so... I would have <laughs> done what he did later and just slept in front of the TV. Yeah. <laughs> and it's gone and... This has a fetish. Yeah, clearly. For Leorio. Mm-hmm. And socks. And Gon and Killua are just being children the whole time. At one point, Killua was throwing pillows at Gon in his sleep. Yeah, and after a... Gon blocks the first one, he throws another pillow. Then Gon yeah. shows that he's awake and they have a pillow throwing match. Yeah. And it's just like, are y'all five or twelve? Yeah, <laughs> they're twelve. <laughs> But, well, they are. Yeah, but it's 
they're just having a nice little pillow fight. And for some reason, I don't know why, but like they decide that everybody needs to wake up, you know, like, yeah, they established that there were no windows there. So you couldn't really see what was happening outside, but they decided to have their match. And then everybody just, they just proceeded to wake up everybody. It's like, we're awake. Everyone else has to get up now. Yeah. Like babies. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, How much food did they, did they even show them eating? I think, think that they do right they because they they, they showed they everybody else eating. they showed that didn't even look like food yeah it but like, like, um, like a cup of rice a cheese stick and soup a cheese stick there was a um a moment towards the beginning where everyone else is falling asleep for the night and kurapika kind of looks over and there's killua lying down <laughs> With his whole his whole body's like straight, his eyes are wide open, and Kirby is like, "So, you can't sleep there, buddy, assassin. That I don't want to close my eyes with you around." <laughs> <laughs> and is like, "No, it's not that I can't sleep. It's that you know I could go two or three days without sleeping." And he's like, "Okay, good to know." That's when he gets up and throws a pillow at Gon's face. <laughs> And then gone without even opening his eyes, just like throws it right back at him. To which I thought was kind of funny because of stuff that happens later on about, you know, sleep and being able to react to it. Or am I not? Do you guys remember at all or no? No. Okay. <laughs> so in between um, all of this 50 hour countdown, we're starting to see more and more people um, finish the test. Uh, I don't remember his name. It starts with G. The black dude, um, with the, yeah, with the really racist weapon. Um, <laughs> he's the fourth person to finish. And he, like, I, I love how everyone who comes through somehow thinks they're first. Yeah. He's like, walks in. Okay. You guys are here. Good. Sits down. And starts to waste his, the waste of, basically... Like, at least Gon and the others, they have a TV, they have books, they have, I don't know, a couch. All of these guys are downstairs on, like, a stone floor, sitting there for the same period of time. Looking at each other. Trying to figure out which one they're going to kill first. Yeah, but they didn't get some food. Like, crappy food. Yeah, they got, like, military rations from the 40s. (laughs) Yeah, prison food. But the uh, then we get a scene where uh, Gon is teaching uh, Killua how to use his fishing rod, and Gon basically gets it right into a coffee cup, and then Killua proceeds to shoot it at Leorio's pant leg, and catches him with it and starts pulling, and yeah, basically he, almost takes off his pants. He misses first, and he's like, "No, no, no! This is what I wanted to do." <laughs> Yeah. And then he pulls and grabs his pants. And poor guy starts falling out of the chair to try to keep his pants on. And clearly <laughs> it still doesn't work because you get to see half his butt. Yeah, we get some Leorio ass crack. If you're into that. Yeah. yeah. Some people yeah. are. <laughs> yeah. The five fangirls. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think... Uh, um, Who finishes next? I think this was a... 
uh, once again, establishing that whole entire thing about how they don't treat Leorio with respect or they don't see him as a person that, you know, because they're just fucking around with him the whole entire time. Yeah, and even when he's like being, you know, like, hey, you guys, you know, I'm not a fish. <laughs> and they start laughing and then Tompa laughs along with him. And that's when he just like once again pushes his buttons even more. But the next person to finish is, oh, no, see, a, a cart came out uh, of the wall. And yeah, yeah. Like, it is what you said, yeah, like prison food. So, <laughs> but the next people that come out, I think Pokal it's... Pokal and the other dude. Yeah, it's a tie between Pokal and, uh, come on, who's the other guy? The, jeez, I can't remember his name. What's his name right here? Goals, Applicant 371. Oh, oh okay, yeah, I was muted. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, spear guy, Goals. Yes. So that's a tie, and Pokal apparently has competition issues. Yes. Because he, he immediately says that, you know, in the event of a tie, the person with the lower number wins. So, you know, that's me. I'm going to go sit over here. And Gauz, I think he's the one that says that it would be interesting fighting all the people in there. Yep, that's exactly what, that's exactly who says that. It's like, yeah, it'll be interesting dying. <laughs> well, he does. I mean, no, he doesn't, but, you know, they all do. I mean, come on, like, Ahsoka has, like, a glowing cut mark, and he doesn't care. <laughs> what chance do you have? Like, and not just the fact that this dude's bleeding and he doesn't care. Like, the other people that you met in the room, they don't care either, which would worry me, because that means there was somebody at some point who could injure Hisoka. Uh, we don't know if it's one of the people in the room. We don't know if the guy is dead. And everyone's just cool with that, which is amazing. Yeah. And Hanzo, who's completely oblivious to everything in life. <laughs> yep. He's, He's just enjoying his cookie or whatever that was. Yeah. He's just enjoying his cookie or whatever the hell he was eating. But Leorio lets uh, the words that Tomba told him about responsibility get to his head. As Tompa was telling him, like, ordinarily, the test takes, like, the, the time that they give you is the average time for people to finish the test, which is 72 hours, and they're losing 50, because Leori had to satisfy his libido by intentionally losing a question, and then he went to rock, paper, scissors, and lost that too. So he's like, you have to take responsibility for the 50 hours that you lost this, and how are you going to do that? I did like that they added this part in where Tom, where he kind of, like, Leorio has, like, that, uh, basically uh, um, tells Tompa, he's like, hey, you know, you lost, too, on purpose. And Tompa goes, like, yeah, but mine didn't cost us 50 hours. You know, mine only cost, ours only cost, my, my mistake only cost us, like, 15 seconds or something like that. It's like it wasn't that it wasn't that big of a blow to us. Like we're not here because of me. We're here because of you. You should take responsibility. So I mean, we're we're also seeing um, more and more people finish. Um, I think this is all before the dead guy. Um, yeah, yeah, because the the three brothers have finished when the dead guy comes. Um, you see the that girl whose thing I don't remember what she does. Um, with the big round hat. There's yeah. an, another person. There's the sniper lady. And then I think it cuts back to everyone else screwing around in the room. Yeah, we get more Leorio fan service with him working out without a shirt. 
Yeah. Well, I guess. Then he rode off the motorcycle into the sun. <laughs> it's because he wears um he wears fancy clothes. Like that's what, that's the, actually the part I felt bad about. It's like, you know, this dude didn't spend like twenty bucks on his outfit. Like right. he seems like the type of person who would have dropped like five hundred dollars or more on this suit, and Killua just snags it with the the fishing line and he's pulling it because like obviously if you're wearing an expensive suit you're not gonna work out in it so he he takes his shirt off he's working out um god and Killua are also working out with their clothes on yeah they're, they're doing, 12 oh we can't doing we uh, get them yeah it looks like butter like sticks of butter like okay i guess we're just Enjoying butter. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Butter and soup. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, prison life. Yeah. <laughs> but who's the guy with the monkey's name? You remember? Because uh, he's... Oh, Sami. He's the next... He's the 13th person to pass. He's the guy with the monkey, number 118. None of these dead people matter to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then they um, all... Yeah, Pogo makes a comment about the there's still being ten hours left to go, and Hizoka's playing with cards. And then we. I like that um, they made a point for some reason to show the monkey's penis, even though that didn't need to be there <laughs> at all. It's supposed to be a good and, show, and it's it's the only censorship they can't show, or they can show. It's like they have, they don't care much for nudity. Nudity, you can go ahead and put as much as you want in the show. There's barely any nudity in the story. I know, but I'm saying it's like it's all about the the action. But the door opens and they finally run out. Uh, Gone gets all excited, and I find it very appropriate that the hunter vocabulary word for this episode was boredom, or bored. <laughs> so then we get back to actual canon material, which. 12 minutes in, very interesting choice of direction for the new anime. Well, I mean, subtract the opening and the recap, you get a little bit, you know, maybe like 10 minutes or so of, of filler. Mm-hmm. But... Again, I don't have a problem with it. it. Of all the choices of filler, it could have been worse. Yeah. Well, this all was filler too, right? The part where they're like getting chased by the Indiana Jones like boulder. No, I think that stuff was there, but it was probably like just kind of skimped over. A part of a page each. Yeah, yeah I, I, I do not remember the cart ride. Yeah, I remember them getting out. They got out of the they got out of the prison thing or the the room. And then they immediately, basically, uh, headed towards the, the, the room that they end up in, in this place with the angel-looking uh, statue in, the, in, in it. But once they get there, um, they realize that they have to make a choice to open the door or not. Uh, oh, no, this is before, before, they, before they even get there. They have this discussion where... Tampa pushes X or someone pushes the X instead of the circle to open the door and Leoro gets pissed and he immediately goes after Tampa and basically tells him, you know, what the fuck? Like, why didn't you, why'd you press it? And 
Gon's the one that says that he's the one who pushed it because he's sorry because it slipped. Uh, and Tampa is like, you know, I want you to apologize to me. And Leoro's like, no, not going to do that. And once again, just adding more to the animosity between these two about, you know, how they have to work out their issues if they're going to want to pass his exam or not. So after they get through the door is the only really important choice in this episode where um, they get to choose between a short and easy path. They can only take three people and a long, difficult path. They could take all five, but it takes um, 45 hours. And obviously they have under an hour to go uh, because all the time they wasted already. And in the room, there's an assortment of bladed weapons. And I think Killua comments that they have almost every weapon in the world, which is garbage. I didn't see a single gun in that room. <laughs> and there are handcuffs on the wall. And he says that if you pick the option with the short and easy path for three people, the other two people have to be handcuffed to the wall. And so they start talking amongst themselves. Leorio says that, you know, no matter what, he intends to pass the exam. So... I don't know how we're going to figure out which three of us go, but it's definitely going to be me. And um, you see Tompa sort of backing up, and Killer was like, um, after Gon says he's going to pick all five because they took the test together so far to this point, and he wants to finish together, Killer was like, yeah, no. Okay? Obviously, there's only one way to finish this exam, and that's through the door for three people. And he's like, I don't know who the other person is going to be, but two of us is going to be me and you gone. Yeah, and at that point, I think it was uh, Tampa grabs uh, one of the spears and like immediately swings it right towards Leorio. And he misses, though, and hits the wall, and it crumbles really easily. And Leorio grabs this... Like, I don't know what the word for it would be, but it looks like the thing that high schools use, or schools in general use, to, to um, mm-hmm. like hook perverts... I keep them off campus, mm-hmm. <laughs> but bladed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he's fighting back um, with Tompa, and Gon notices that the wall cracked pretty easily. Mm-hmm. And then it cuts away. And... Right. And then I think you see the dead guy. Yep, yep. Then the, the, de- the guy stumbles in, all beat up, collapses, and the three brothers are like, moron. You know, you could have just quit waited till next year, stayed alive, maybe get to pass next year. But instead, you chose to make it to the end of this part of the test and die. Which is pretty dumb. Yeah. Then afterwards, though, on the other side of the room, door opens up, and Kurapika, Gon, and Killua come through. And if you freeze frame right when you get the close-up of their faces, Gon's happy... Uh, Kurapika, you know, he's just, like, exhausted. And Killa just looks so disappointed that he didn't get to fight and kill anyone. Yeah. It's pretty funny. And someone's complaining about their ass hurting. <laughs> like, yeah, that's that's where we should have started. And it turns out that the path was a slide, the easy path. And what they ended up doing was gone figured out, hey, the walls break pretty easily and they have all these weapons in here. So let's just pick the door that all of us can go through, then break down the wall in between, and cheat, basically. 
um, which is completely in the spirit of the hunter exam. Um, it gives you difficult choices because it, they want you to think spontaneously. They want you to um, take the most advantage of the clues they give you and to sort of bend the rules. Like, had this been a typical test, obviously they would have been disqualified. This being the hunter exam, this is exactly what they wanted you to do. Yeah, and so basically the five make it in time, and their arms are all blistered, and everyone's complaining about, but they're happy that Gon was capable of thinking quick on his feet. And they all thank him. And at that point, I think, is when the... Um, the door opens, right? Like, like yep. basically they say, you know, exam's over. Uh, from this point forward, uh, the fourth phase of the exam is about to begin. Please walk out the door. And yep. it's like, it says, the narrator says that everyone will be pitted against each other in individual battles. But Gon's happy because he doesn't know that's about to happen. Yeah. But I like that um, Kurupik is like, looking at Gon, he's like, man, you scary nigga. <laughs> Are you be coming up with plans and such with like barely any clues and you're still kind of dumb on top of that. And I love that um, right before they came out um, as I think, I'm not sure if it was Poco, but someone saying like, oh, it was only a couple minutes to go. looks like it's just us, 19. And then Hisoka's like, hmm, I don't think so. <laughs> then the door opens. He can <laughs> smell his fruit coming from a mile away. <laughs> He knows all his toys in his toy box by scent. Oh god, that is so wrong. <laughs> he has a lot of toys. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't say much for Tampa, but I know he definitely has a thing for Leorio, Kurpika, Killua. Definitely Killua, not now after I know uh, the recent events recently. And then gone, obviously, as we all know. Mm-hmm. He just, I don't know. With Killowall. Well, we'll get into that later. Yeah. No but, uh, spoil please. anything for you kids. But, uh, actually, we'll just go skip the preview for next episode and just basically tell you guys that episode 13 is just kind of like Gon writes a letter to Mito, and Mito is reading it, and it's basically just a recap of everything. And then at the very end, it ends with the scene that episode 12 ended on. And then it transitions back to Mito and the grandma, and the grandma saying that Gon's powerful, and Mito goes over to a picture of Jin, and says, "Yeah, Jin, your son is gonna be an awesome hunter." The end. Stroke, stroke, stroke. Right. Starts touching her lady parts. And <laughs> takes that picture with her to the room, and she goes to town on it. Yes. I'm sure she doesn't need the picture. She takes oh, her, her pic- she takes her picture of gin and a bottle of gin to her room. <laughs> and and this is all shown in graphical content, by the way. So maybe episode yeah, thirteen is worth watching. For yeah, some because of you. the show has no problem with nudity. No, not at all. There's like bondage and all crazy shit. So you guys should definitely check out episode thirteen. You'd be surprised at what you see in Nito's room. My God. Yeah, Mina was pretty talented to do all that stuff by herself. Man. You know? You know, so she's not a... just what she wants. And her grandmother doesn't hear anything. Yeah. yeah. Or pretends like she doesn't hear Sound I'm not sure. Walls, that's what I gotta say to that. Soundproof walls. It's the best way to so, do that stuff. So the preview after uh, episode 13. Yes. See, we uh, finally... 
get out of the tower. And, I don't know, Bully Beast, you want to take that? Oh, yeah. So we see a referee-type chick with a stopwatch. Everybody is handed a card of some sort. Everyone starts looking at their numbers. And then you see Pockle drawing, a, drawing his bow. And I believe Gon is doing the preview, right? Yeah, you mean like the, the voice? The voice? Yeah. yeah, yeah. She and always does it. He ends it saying, uh, be sneaky like Ahsoka. And <laughs> and then Ahsoka says, hit and run. Yeah, it's just like, right. Hit it and quit. It. Just hit and run in English. Yeah. yeah. Because you really need Ahsoka to be talking about one night stands. <laughs> it's my dog, Ahsoka, king of hit it and quit it. <laughs> so that's the, the anime for the last two weeks. Um, luckily, I guess, for us in terms of discussing everything, one of the episodes is a recap, and the other one was half filler. So there's not a lot to talk about there. The manga, on the other hand, actually had development, so... Yeah, we had two chapters of amazing. So, for you people that haven't, aren't up to date yet, um, we bid you guys farewell, catch up, I don't know why you guys haven't attempted to do so, it's like, you know, holiday season, you guys probably had some downtime with your, whatever you were doing, uh... But obviously, it all depends on if you guys want to even attempt to do so or not. It's not like you, like me saying, "Hey, yeah, read the manga," and it's the volumes aren't available by Viz. Uh, makes it kind of hard to do so. But if you guys want to let us know what you guys thought of the episode so far, um, what do you guys maybe your predictions for what's going to happen next? Uh, you can let us know at hxhpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we're also on Facebook, on Twitter. Uh, our website is hxhpodcast.wordpress.com. You can leave us a reply there. Uh, please subscribe on iTunes and review. Uh, uh, yeah, rate and review. Let's get those five stars. Yes. Uh, and I think that's about it. Anything else that I can think of off the top of my head? I can't, guys. Did you say Facebook? I did say yeah. Facebook. Okay, then that's it. Yep. Alright, so we'll take a quick break, and then when we come back, we're gonna discuss 329 and 330. Mostly niggas getting killed. <laughs> off panel. Mm-hmm. Uh. Chapter 329 is called Spy. So we get to see um, the anti-chairman faction again, which is Teradin, Lupe, and Bushidora. And Teradin is the spokesperson. Yes, the Jimmy Carter-looking guy. So he's explaining that they're referred to as the anti-chairman faction, but that's not what they want. 
they inherit the hunter's soul from the late the late chairman and they want to carry on his ideals and work together with all of the other hunters so they want to reform the um the Saren group which is the um the zodiacs and just even before wait is that what it is yeah i thought it was it's the pure and dignified he said let's um revive the legendary all-around versatile group of hunters the chairman himself belonged to and i'm pretty sure it's them okay because there's no one else that was hanging around him like that and i'm just like i don't know you guys but you have here m bison jimmy carter and a cross between lupe fiasco and bill cosby i don't think you're that strong dude (laughs) yeah yeah not to mention there should be like 12 of you guys there aren't yeah yeah. at least not 12 important people in your group so he says that the representative, um, Bushidoro, says the representative will be Teradin, the vice rep will be Lupe, and Bushidoro himself will be the captain of the forces. He says to show our unity, if you believe in what we're saying, everybody vote for Teradin. And now Lupe says that they want to um, address something that affects their advocacy. They've received intelligence that says multiple hunters are guilty of vile atrocities and they decide, you know, we're going to root out these people and we're going to destroy them in our quest to create this intelligent, morally just hunter organization because apparently they joined the organization with these particular ideals and it turns out that it was more corrupt than they expected it to be. So, yeah. You know, political organizations, they're they're always perfect. So, after the fifth election, your one through eight, which is the important people, are Pariston, Teradin, Cheadle, Leorio, Ikshanpei, Botabai, Mizaistom, Morale. And the re-election is going to continue because it was over 95% between the top eight. And Pariston looks like he always does. Is that like some sort of like Indian or Indian thing in the back, or is that like a flower? I can't even tell what the hell that background is that he has. It looks like spears, you know, like a, a sunflower. Yeah, it could be both. Yeah. yeah. Some kind of tribal background. Yeah. So but... Cheeto has like, I don't know, leaves, berries. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Leorio has monkeys, or at least a <laughs> monkey. Yeah. I think. I think it's like a box of animal crackers just right behind him. <laughs> yeah, because that looks like, like a an monkey, alligator. a panda, a crocodile. Yeah. Crocodile is what it looks like on the bottom. Mm-hmm. So, But he's not happy about it because he's like, oh, you know, what the hell? Like, why are people voting for me? Yeah. I, I just punched a guy I wanted to punch. Yeah. That's all. It's like, dude, I got to go back to school. <laughs> so the losers give a little speech to the camera, I guess. Um First up is Cutie Beauty, who says, did you just say losing speech? Like, I totally didn't lose at all. The cute and beautiful hunter organization I was advocating for is now being created by that sweetie person. Oh, that sweetie Pariston. Oh. Yeah, Pariston basically went up to them, as one I'm assuming, and basically told them, hey, just to get you guys' votes, I'll add your cost to mine as well. So that's what I'm assuming is what, what he did to everybody, because based on what their response is. Mm-hmm. So Biscuits um, is being pretty disrespectful, I guess. Yeah. 
says that old guy in the tarot, that old guy, uh, I mean the tarot, everyone knows he was a total maniac. But let me just say one thing, being a good little boy won't work all the time. The ant incident is a perfect example of that, don't forget. And then, like, (laughs) (laughs) I laughed at this when I saw this. I was like, (laughs) every single time, he didn't, Jin didn't even bother to fucking send a speech or anything. He just fucking put the panda in front of the TV screen, in front of the camera, and the panda just sitting there. Looking depressed, like just his head down, like bowing, <laughs> just basically. Just, yeah. So, um, Sacho, who is the horse from the Zodiac, says, I'll just keep supporting the organization from the shadows. I won't say who, but I want someone worth supporting to stand in the top spot. Oh, way to go, dick. Yeah. <laughs> Could have just said. Hide in the shadows so I don't have to look at your face. You yeah. could have just said who you wanted to win. Then people would know who to vote for. Mm-hmm. But next is Sanbika, who is the the nurse chick that didn't want anybody to vote for her. So she says, um, thanks for voting for me, but enough already. I'll do my best at work. Then you have Rin or Derv, who says, I'd rather just have Natero come back to life and be the chairman again. <coughs> Freaking old people wishing for people that are dead to come I'm back. I'm sure she can do it. She looks like some kind of necromancer. <laughs> <laughs> totally. So we cut back to um, things we're interested in, even though I, I also like that. Um, like the election's interesting enough, too. It's uh, I, I do like how he's keeping it upbeat. I mean, it's not like a boring-ass lecture like it was leading on to be a little bit in the beginning. I mean, it seems like the two storylines are going to converge um, pretty soon. They have a little in these two chapters that we're going to cover, but mostly in, you know, the violent way. Yes. So we get an image of the road, and then you see some dead people. And Hisoka's holding a piece of paper in his hand. He's calling. And I love how the technology has advanced. Yeah, once again. (laughs) Even even though it's the same exact period of time. (laughs) <laughs> it's leapt ahead like 15 or 20 years, which is funny. So he's he got says, a smartphone. Yeah. It's got like, a Blackberry. I, I can see well, that's a touchscreen phone. Yeah, notice how the uh, like the weapons uh, on that panel uh, is like a sword and like a gun. And the gun looks like it's like old. but <laughs> Like an old German pistol from the World right, War exactly. II. So Soka says, guess what? I got a map. And he said, my, my, it's such a help that these example setters are so fearless. He's talking about the flight paths for the six aircrafts and then destinations are written there, which means that Killua must be riding one of the remaining two. And he decides to use um, his deceitful texture on it to send um, Illumia image. And, you know, the idea is to edit it so that he could get to Killua before Illumi. And Lumi's like, nah, don't worry about it. I got this. He says, I know which one Killer was on to. <laughs> and you just see Soka just throw the paper away. He's like, like aww. <laughs> yeah. He says, um, that's right, I forgot about the peeping Tom. And then we get a shot of um, Sibone, who says, am I being watched? I didn't think I was old enough to get tailed by two people at the same time. And this makes so much sense now, you know, that we know what the hell happened. Like, I do like the, like, now when I'm, we're rereading this, it's the foreshadowing is, mm-hmm. it's great. She says she's she's felt eyes on her, watching her from a very far distance um, for quite some time. And this is the first time that she's ever felt something like that. 
and she says this person must be highly capable and she calls over Amane and says they're going to fly and she says you know it's nighttime and it's cloudy so Killua won't miss this chance and then she turns into some sort of airplane yep and you get the explanation of her ability um rider's high Sabona can materialize any various types of vehicles based on her body. The rider's aura is the prime force behind the ability, so she can't drive herself. So my theory was totally on. So she says that no type of scope should be able to pierce the clouds from ground level. As is Amane, fire on any suspicious aircraft in the vicinity. And you can see, I think, Killua's um, airship off in the whatever, distance. Flying yeah. Up. So Illumi is like, okay. It's going to be some time. So let me go help Hisoka. And one of the needle dudes is on the phone. He says, yes, no movement. The target has yet to appear. Then it cuts back to the hunter headquarters with the Saren faction. They've lost all communication from point C. Nothing's happened at point A. And asking if they should send um, point A people to back up point C. Uh, Bushidora says, you know, we're not sure that A is safe yet. Illumi can control people with needles, right? And he may have already finished his job there. And the response is, on all 20 of them, you think all 20 of them could get taken out without a single chance to press the emergency button. And he replies that it just means that this is no job for amateurs. No matter how many we rouse together, we should send out a warning to the pros who are going after the needlemen. And Teradin is on the phone, um, supposedly, I guess, trying to gain communications with some other people because he says that Ratun and Kenzaki aren't coming in either. And the aircraft that they're following, number two, is nearby. Um, and Bison decides, you know what? It's Tuesday. It's time for me to go out here <laughs> and show off my skills. And Lupe, I guess, asks, what about the votes? And Bushidora replies, all those who should go, who can go should, even if, those, even if none of those on the hunt vote we should still get into the top four so it's hard to believe the 40 votes below the ninth spot excluding satchos and cuties would all go to morale or be absent and terran says but we need every vote even if we can't predict the votes well i don't want to control the voting percentage by forcing absent votes and lupe suggests hiring temporary hunters i didn't even know they had these um prior to yeah, they, this arc they had they addressed them in the beginning where they were talking about the um to the people that could vote yeah i mean prior to this arc oh oh prior yeah that's right okay so he says if we show them that our intent is to keep the organization going how it is now then we should be able to shave some votes from paris on the side and they decide to announce that at once tell them that the their intents are the same as the temp hunter association and Lupe figures that if things go well, these voters will get killed by the enemy and be absent in this next election. And he replies, he continues in this conversation with himself and says that if Teradin knew what he was planning, he'd be against it. But if we can't predict how the votes are going to go, we should encourage absent votes to nullify it. And he says, Teradin is too foolishly honest and Bushidora is too broad-minded. And Paristone... I'm starting to love his appearances just because it the way it breaks up everything that's going on. And then his suits are fabulous. They are. Yeah. I do it, like his shirt though. It's like it just completely just outdoes it with everything. It's like some sort of animal print. 
Like right. The bird print shirt. And I, I, I wish the anime, the anime gets this far. I just want to see a, how they're gonna color his clothes, and b, I want to hear his voice. Yeah, I kind of have something in my mind, but it obviously isn't probably gonna fit that. But I can't wait until this stuff is animated. Honestly, it's gonna be forever and a day, but still, hopefully. Fingers crossed. So he's on the phone with what I assume is a, a temp hunter that's snitching. And he says, oh, you got a request from Terradin with the same terms as us? Fantastic. Go for it. Don't worry about what I have to say. Just go and work with him. And if you get any ideas while you're there, um, let me know and I'll make the changes to our policy at once. And he hangs up the phone and like his demeanor changes immediately. And he's clearly um, laughing. He's evil yeah. laughing. Yeah, yeah. I thought that for once. <laughs> I thought that for the very first time in this series since we've met this character that we were going to have like this one-on-one, or um, basically like this inner monologue of Paristone because we haven't had that yet. We haven't had Paristone's, you know, uh, thoughts and methods behind it. It's all been out loud and what he's chosen to say. So I thought that we're going to get like this whole like, you know, the, like his whole plan, his scheme in this chapter. But then we turn the page. Yeah, no. And he doesn't he just kind of alludes to it. He doesn't actually go into detail. He's just like, you know, what a fine trio they are. I really like them. So easy to understand. And it cuts to the next vote. And meanwhile, Ahsoka's still killing people while <laughs> yeah. posing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and Subone realizes that now that we're up here I can't feel the eyes on me above the clouds and she realizes that they were being followed up to that point and then I guess it switches to Kilowa who's still flying this dirigible because he knows how he says the weather is cleared up so we should be alright now that we're this far away from the hospital and he says that if someone sees Alaka when we enter Sibone will decide um, that he's broken the rules and they have to go home but if they clear out a bunch of people from the surrounding area, they'll be sitting ducks for a looming. And he knows it won't be possible to land the aircraft near the hospital. Um, because again, it's going to be obvious. So he says that Goto's idea of going to the hospital in a car makes perfect sense. He calls up Canary, says, I can't reach Goto. We know why. Because he's dead. Yeah. And he says to have Ishida send out different cars at once to the three locations he lists. And Canary replies, already four cars headed in that direction, so he'll tell, she'll tell him. And he replies, we'll have one near the hospital, just in case, um, I guess, things go wrong. And he, too, has been feeling, I guess, the eyes that have been watching them. And he says that now that they're above the clouds, they should have shaken off the person watching below. And there shouldn't be any problems until he gets in the car. And all that's left is the route. He says, gone, I'm almost there. And the sixth election has passed with the conditions for the vote not met. And there's going to be a re-vote again with the top eight. And Lupe, which is, this is the point when you realize that um, the best laid plans have gone terribly awry. He busts in and he says, Terridan, we've been annihilated. The members who are going after the Needlemen, the Surveillance Group, the Temporary Hunter Group, and Bushidora, they're all dead. And Terridan is freaking out a bit, trying to figure out how humans controlled by Needles could possibly be that strong. And he says to Lumi, he must have dozens of other strong people aiding him. And Hisoka is like, nope, 
just yeah, me. just me. Yeah, is he like breaking the fourth wall at that point? Because he shouldn't be able to see what they're saying, right? Maybe he's just outside the door because he just killed mm-hmm. him shortly after. But I like yeah. that. Like we already know, Illumi has no friends, mm-hmm. and then, um. Teradin's exclamation that there has to be dozens of people helping him and then Hisoka continues that no this guy has no friends it's, it's just me don't worry about him Killua lands the blimp He's and the car is pulling up towards him at the same time so he's like alright nice timing Hishita I lost some time with the detour but I'm 60 kilometers away from the hospital no one should be able to find me and he hops in and he's like okay take me to the hospital and Hishita says yes sir and then you see the car suddenly swerve and Kilo's like, what's going on? There, And Shida replies, there are people standing in the way. Obviously, from the way they're moving, you could tell that they're not moving under their own power. And Kilo replies, those are needlemen, but there's no way, because I shook off the people that were watching me, so Illumi shouldn't know where I am. And he says, he's like, there's no way this car could have been tracked. There's no way we could have been tracked. Was it this car? Was this car tracked? Just Hishida put the pedal to the metal. They're as good as dead anyway. And this is the part that had me like, oh shit. Because Hishida um, replies, I can't, Master Killua. And he turns slowly. And you, see the, you see the two needles in his head. And he's like, not unless Master Lumi orders me to. Yep. And then Killua flips his shit. Yeah. <laughs> That's when he's like, what the like, fuck? Oh. They got us completely surrounded. And then one solitary figure, like you see that, like in the sh- the um the forest, there's just darkness and one tiny piece of light, and Kilo recognizes the shape from there, and it comes closer. That womanly figure, <laughs> and he says, "It can't be. Why is he here?" And it's a Lumi, Kilo face to face with death. Um, that's the end of chapter three twenty nine. Next, Kilo versus Lumi. How will their collision end? Dude, that panel where they have, like, when they're talking about it, they have us completely surrounded. Like, I can only imagine, like, I, I see that Tagashi drew them like zombies, basically. Mm-hmm. But that still looks fucking hilarious. Like, the <laughs> guy, he's just kind of, like, retardedly walking over towards the car. Like, that wouldn't seem threatening to me if someone did that. Because it's like, dude, you have, like, no proper, like, we could outrun you with a car if need be. But obviously he doesn't have the chance to do so because the driver is also impaled. But this was a twist and a half. I did not see this coming at all. Yeah, I, I definitely did not expect Illumi to have found him. I, I expected whatever confrontation that would happen between them to happen a lot closer to the hospital. I I was expecting him to have to put all of his cards on the table. But at the same time, I was also hoping that Illumi proved he was smarter than Killua. Or uh-huh. at least um, more experienced than Killua, which he is. Yeah, because he is. He's supposed to. Yeah, because if he just played directly into his little brother's hands, then, you know, why are you semi-in charge? Mm-hmm. Just let your brother have it, even though he doesn't want it. Yeah. Again, the, the next chapter is more of this twisted love shit. Yeah, I, I mean, I would obviously have to... Um, I had some, like, ideas after reading that, but obviously... Since they got the new chapter eyes, really no point in going to speculation and what, what the hell everything's happening. So mm-hmm. I say we just get in on it. So chapter 330 is called... Uh... <laughs> okay, oh, it's not there. Yeah, chapter 330 is entitled, for God's sake, 
someone dropped. Really? Yeah, Diego. Oh, dropped. Diego. Okay. Oh, it's confession, by the way. Thank you. So I knew I saw it, but it's yeah, not. It's not until page three. Right. Um, so Killua and Aluka get out of the car, and uh, they have the zombies, like uh, people heading towards them. And Killua's shocked. You know, he can't fuck. He can't believe what's happening. So he says to himself, you know, that it can't be, unless Alumi knew beforehand which aircraft they were going to be riding on. And then he says, no, that's not. That's not it. You know, even if he knew, it'd be impossible. We are flying dozens of kilometers above the clouds. Tracking that aircraft from land is impossible. And then Alumi comes up with that aura around him and says Killua's name. And he says, you know, you're hiding something from me, aren't you? I and... love I love um, that Illumi and Hisoga both have these womanly poses. Yeah. <laughs> like they twist the upper part of their bodies in ways that should be completely uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how or why he would be doing this. And then it's just once again with that character model. Like y- you have when he's talking about, when he asks right there something about Aluka or Aluka. Just the way he draws his face right there makes him look like a woman. Like, it's not even... Like, I know clearly it's a guy that's been established plenty of times before, but sometimes it's just like you forget just because of the way that he's drawn. It's just this family. Yeah. Then Killua, or Killua powers up and talks about how he should use Kamru. Drag out... He should drag Hishita out, the driver, and escape by car. Or go back to the aircraft and escape by air. So he's planning his next move on how to escape. I like the um, the subtitle for the chapter. It says, A twisted power born from a warped love closes in on Killua. Yeah. And, like, I would have read that as Lumi at first, but okay. Mm-hmm. Killua asks, you know, I should have, or he says, I should have completely shaken you off. How did you know our location? Um, and meanwhile, he's still talking to himself, having the inner monologue about how he'd be fine on his own but however getting out of there without having Aluka be uh, be uh, hurt yeah basically alive is a completely different story and Illumi kind of raises his hand and he says you know if I tell you will you hand Aluka Aluka over and he uh, Kilo immediately says you know what forget it I'm not going to ask you Lucas, and then he goes into another inner monologue, basically saying that his physical, uh, Lucas' physical capabilities are no different than any normal child's. A single attack from any of the needlemen could put her in critical condition. So her fighting abilities are completely like zero below normal. Yeah, they're basically zero. And I think you allu- you you said that earlier about how because I remember me kind of defending it, being like, you don't know her fighting abilities, so now it's been established, and I was wrong. Yeah. Yeah, they they said it earlier actually. I, yeah, I they said it earlier when um I didn't make that up. Yeah, when Alumi they, thought, and yeah. when Alumi and Hisoka were having uh, you know, cocktails. Oh right, right, yes. <laughs> when they were right. propositioning each other, yeah, he said that um fighting Alaka would be no problem because they never trained Alaka to fight. That's right, I forgot about that. Because if you if you present with this sort of superpower at three or four years old, teaching you how to fight is a bad idea. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, it may have been a good idea, because um, then controllable. Yeah, no, I don't mean the. I don't think the the Nanika or whatever would have really made a difference. I just mean maybe Alika, if 
accosted by people, knew how to fight, Alka could get away from people. Or at least get away long enough for someone from the family to show up. Mm. But obviously, with the alternative they've chosen, Alka can't go anywhere without the family. He resolves to call out Nanika. Right. So, um, he says, you know, what should I do? Killua says, you know, should I call it out? Zubone comes out of the woods and she says, it was me. I fell perfectly into his trap. And we get a panel of Illumi not looking happy at all. He looks pissed. I was using that. I I was going to have leverage and you you just shitted on it. Right. I think she knew that. That's that's why she came in and, and just destroyed it. But once again, I'm just amazed that this this like Zubona's character model is just so right down creepy looking yet you know she's strong because she walks in and the whole atmosphere changes of of the scene like it, it used to it was Illumi had the upper hand Killua was fucked and then here comes Zubone and everything goes back to where is this now sort at, of atmosphere at apparently 17 and a half feet tall right yeah <laughs> She's like towering over the car. Taking like those one piece steroids. <laughs> right. <laughs> so she explains that the missus is, was watching everything through her uh, video feed from her scope. And that Master Maluki must be cooperating, sending the video feedback to Master, uh, to Illumi. Illumi's <laughs> like, woman, yes. Yeah, woman Illumi, again, is just. <laughs> The face, man. It's I, I would have nothing with the body, but it's just that face. It looks like a woman. Mm-hmm. But he's like, ding dong, you know, correct. Zubone was a peeping Tom. And Zubone explains that, you know, once she was out of the clouds, she felt that the eyes were gazing on him again. And that's when she finally realized what was happening, that the timing was just too perfect. And Illumi explains that, you know, I left the switching timing to Maluki. So, yeah, he kept using a cell phone to check the stuff. Uh, but he never thought that she'd be able to sense that the recording was being watched and that he did a mistake by underestimating her. And he explains that the reason why she didn't do anything about it is because since it was an order from the mom, she couldn't remove the scope even after figuring out what was happening because of a direct order doing so would violate that. And she agrees that, yes, that is exactly what happened. And so he puts out... Or, sorry, uh, Aluka, or it, at this point. Six <laughs> hours yeah, her as, hands. Oh, hey, while you're here. Right. <laughs> while she's here, as soon as she walks back into the stage, she's like, Subone, give me the nail from your middle finger. Everybody's shocked. And <laughs> Alumi's got this what-the-fuck kind of face in the I next panel. I'm a cheerful <laughs> Aluka always looks. Yes, right. It's like, like, yay! It's yeah. wish time. Yeah. <laughs> give me... <laughs> Give me a piece of your body, please. And Subone's grinning. And she rips out the nail. And she's like, my pleasure. And tosses it right into... Right at Killua. And Killua catches it. And Illumi just kind of ponders the situation. And before they even say anything else... Aluka once again requests another thing. And she says, you know, Subone, give me the nail from your ring finger. And she says, of course, you know, this is but trifle. And so she throws a fingernail at Killua, and Killua says, thank you. And Illumi's just sitting there watching with those eyes of his. 
And I'm not sure what sound effect that is, but it can only be stare, is what I can foresee. Mm-hmm. And then we see that Aluka's face has changed to dark eyes. Zubone says, you know, now, Master Killua, you know, you may speak, speak your wish. And that Amane and, and I will handle the cleanup. We want to repent for holding you back like this. So please, for goodness sake, allow us to perform this task. And so... <laughs> I like that, like... Subone looks, like, comfortable with what she's saying. Like, okay, I could die now. And Amane looks like, no! What if you just drag me into? I don't want to die! Well, she can't say anything because this is her job, though. Like, she is inclined. Not as superior. Right, she can't say no to this, so... But once again, we get that whole entire, like, image of how tall Zabone is. Like, for real, just, like... Basically, Killua would come up to her knees... So it's gonna be everybody versus Zubone and Aluna or or Alumi versus uh, Zubone and the other person, but Amane, Amane, and Alumi says, you know, you sure you can you can do that? If that's the case, you know, I don't mind. But this means you'll handle the wish in the same sequence for Gon too, right? If you sacrifice those two to kill me, then you should have no problem sacrificing droves of innocent people to save Gon. And then we're reminded of rule number five, is that no one human can have multiple wishes granted in a row. This is Lumi thinking he's being a tricky bastard. Yeah, and so Killua realizes that he's in kind of a pickle, and Illumi says, you know, if you just say yes, then I will be happy to die, and your intermission will have been a huge success, Correct. And if you've forgotten, his intermission was to defeat um, Illumi at his own game. And, and Hisoka's being creepy <laughs> as shit in the trees. We get, uh, once again, but it's it's just, like, the mind of Hisoka is great. Like, he's not even listening, really, to what the fuck is happening right now. <laughs> he's he just like... Right, he's Ask like... Right. He's sitting there holding a car, thinking, and just going... Would it be more fun to kill Aluka and incur- and 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 then earn Killua's hatred, or to leave Aluka alive, save Gon, and make Illumi my enemy? Decisions, decisions. As his eyes rolling back into his head. <laughs> so, <laughs> this is just once again why he's just my favorite character because he doesn't give a fuck about anybody's <laughs> like, like intentions or anything he's in it for himself like he's just what's the best way that i am going to be able to get my anything you know like his 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 joy in life and it, it continues on the next page because illumi is explaining that killing within the family is prohibited but if you wish the person's death that's different he says that even if rule five is an exception where it doesn't apply to Killua. He doesn't mind dying as long as the rest of the family will be safe. And it's this this chapter is this weird this weird um peek into Illumi's mind as well. Because even though like he says he cares about his family, like I would never peg him as the kind of person who would decide it's okay if I die, especially as long as the rest of the family is fine. Mm-hmm. And you see Killua's face as he starts to consider it, and he realizes um, the trap that he's in because it's either um, go the bad way, 
and kill Illumi, or go the other bad way and reveal more of the secrets about Alaco. And Illumi is continuing to think that Killua is going to suffer um, for the rest of his life if he kills me. He says, we call this a transaction, Killua. A transaction between my death and fulfilling the wish for gone by yourself. And he's thinking, and I will live on forever in Killua's heart. And <laughs> you want to continue with Ahsoka? Yeah, yeah. So Hisoka goes back into his... We get, a, once again, Hisoka's thing, and he goes talking about, like... If Aluka doesn't die, but Lumi does, and I'm not hated by Killua, then even if Gon comes back to health, I wouldn't. I won't have gotten any sort of bonus. And then his face like goes, like stretches in this weird wolf-like smile. Is how I pictured it in my mind. Yeah, he's going full clown. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like so. He says, then maybe killing Aluka, making Killua hate me. Then kill Killua and have Illumi hate me is the best plan of action. That is awesome, by the way. That would fuck shit up. That would destroy the the story. Yeah. That would be awesome. (laughs) And that's why he's like thrown into this. Like, he's. He's just that fucking character you add onto something to be like, what's the most random fucking thing you could possibly think of that could break this right now? Because you can imagine as as we get to the, well, we're at the midway point in the chapter, but obviously over the events of the chapter, you can imagine what happens if he just like pops in and starts killing people. Like, yeah. Um, Killua explains the thing, which we're going to get to in a second, and he just pops in and like slits Alaka's throat. And now you're left with everyone just like, what? He's just, ha ha, come and get me, bitches. Yeah, and like, then he just like skips just away. Like, yes. He just like Mary Poppins away or something. He's like, why? <laughs> why? Why would you do this? But, of course, um, Kill was crying. Yeah, I was going to mention that. I was like, he's crying. <laughs> yeah. Because he, I think he realizes that he's lost. Mm-hmm. Well, he has he to has, make a tough decision that he didn't want to make before. Right at this point, he has no choice but to not be able to save Gon himself. He has to do something else. I mean, he's, he's come up with a certain with Plan B, basically. Which I don't know if he has ready. But this is gonna, probably like Plan G at this point. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, he did plan on on escaping, and he had this whole entire thing set up. But I mean, like I'm talking about saving Gon. Yeah, I know. With like saving God, but the with with his wish aspect, because now he has to, you know, based on the rule that's been stated, is that you know no person can have consecutive wishes, so he, he can no longer be the next person to he can be the person who wishes gone to be safe. He also has to reveal um, the healing capability, which right. Igumi knew nothing about. So Killua talks to it. And he says, you know, I want you to heal Zubone's left hand. And then everybody's in shock. Because and... why would you wish that? Is that right. Hisoka who looks bored? Yeah, well, Hisoka's just like, wait, what? <laughs> but she says, okay. And she starts calling out for Zubone's hand. And Killua says, you know, Zubone, pull out your left hand. Uh... And she does, and everybody's watching, and then we see the healing process take place. And he and Killua goes back to describing that it is good at destroying things, but not very good at healing them. When it needs to heal, it needs to be in direct contact, which is something that we already knew. 
But no one else knew. Yeah. Kilowatt. Yeah, no, I mean, like us as readers, we knew that mm-hmm. was a requirement uh, because it was the one episode where we talked about the bird and stuff. Um, and he Pet basically, bodies. yes, and dog <laughs> and all that stuff. So uh, Kilowatt basically tells the exact rules to Illumi. And Illumi's like, okay, understandably so. And Zubona's hand goes back to normal. And Aluka goes back to, you know, being okay. And Kilua, right, exactly. But she says, Kilua, I was a good girl, wasn't I? And he says, you know, of course you were. You were very good it. And this is once again when he says, it calls me Kilua. Because he mentioned this already to us, the audience. Because the other one calls him um, Sama, Nisama, or something like Or something? Yeah, Yeah, Oni-chan. Oni-chan, yeah. Or brother, whatever way you want to look at it. Whatever. Right. And he once again says, you know, healing probably tires it out, so I'll fall asleep soon. However, this is all that happens. If you ask it to heal something, then there isn't any sort of cruel backlash. It is more more kind-hearted than anyone else. The ones who are cursed are the are those who make the wishes. Like his tears came back. Yeah. Well, it's once again just describing that you know, if you use the person, if you use her wishes for good intent, then there is no backlash whatsoever. And the people that are cursed are the people that are making these wishes because they themselves, the wishes themselves, are harmful for everybody else they're backlash inducing so it's not aluka that's the problem it's people that are wishing the wishes that are the problem and that's why i think he goes into the 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 tear mode but then he goes into evil uh mode (laughs) dude is schizophrenic but yeah go ahead and he talks about you know like go ahead and refer to it as a tool again if you do so you will cease to be my brother. And Ahsoka's like, this, is, this shit is boring. Gone. Yeah. So he just jumps away and he, like, leaves. And Illumi does the salute <laughs> or something. Or he, yeah. like, he's washing his hair. Or he's like, I don't know what he's... I think he salutes. He's like, okie dokie, dude. Like, yeah, he's like, salutations. He's like, don't yeah. worry. I'm not going to fight you. I, I don't care that much. All right. But... So, so he's like, all right, I got it. You know, I couldn't be happier if there was another way to heal Gon without putting you at risk. But this doesn't change the fact that it is a dangerous entity. This hasn't erased all my doubt. You know, you're still hiding something from me. I like how he calls him Kill, too. Like, he's not yeah, like Killua. Yeah. Like, he's just like, hey, Kill. What's up, Ill? He's like, yo, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. syllables is way too much. Right. <laughs> yeah, he's he's... There are moments in this chapter where, if like, if you ignore the fact that they're at a life or death standoff here, where Illumi acts like he could be somebody's older brother, it's like obviously not Killua, but at some point, if the situations were different, like he could almost be a nice brother. But you know, this is juxtaposed alongside, you know, all the creepy needle people surrounding them. Yeah, and it's not a very. I, I mean, obviously, for the way that it's handled, it, it's it's done, like, with some sort of, like, family attachment to it still. But it's like, they came in there with the intent to kill you. But Illumi, once again, says that, you know, he's hiding something from him. But the fact that Maluki's Rule 5 doesn't apply to you is also part of that, you know, about the, the five times. So, 
Then we turn the page and it's freaky Illumi again with Death Face. And he says, until you tell me everything, Alaka will never be free. And he's twisting again in that in that basically uh, position that you said, Foxy, where it's like impossible and uncomfortable. But I think he doesn't have any bones in his body where he's just capable of doing so. But then Killua says, you know, that that's the, exactly the reason why he can't tell you that if he revealed the final rule, not just to you, but to everybody that's there, that everybody would happily plant needles in my head again. And Amane says, you know, Master Killua, allow me to escort you to the hospital. And then we go back to um, the faction leader. I think he's doing another TV announcement. Yep. But he's talking about, he says that he has a very important announcement to make. That Captain Bushidora of the Saren group was murdered at the hands of the evil hunter that he was tracking. The 8 pro hunters and the 98 unregistered hunters that belong to our group, in addition to the 15 pro hunters we gathered from a hunter site, also perished. So that's a shitload of people that just died. Yep. Over 100. Yeah. And this is not including the regular people that Illumi is going to kill in a second. Uh, so he says, in addition to, okay, uh, there is no longer any doubt now to the fact that a cold-blooded demon looks in our mists, but unfortunately the current Saren group does not have the power nor the capabilities to capture them and bring them to justice. Ladies and gentlemen, clearing this matter up should be the highest priority for the organization. And then we see this whole entire time that there's an, someone's going up into an elevator and the doors are opening, and then we see a womanly figure <laughs> shadowed. With spiky hair. Right. And once again, it says, It is for the re- for that reason that I ask you to please give us a voting percentile of over 95% in the next election. And please let us exceed the majority. I have suggested that Mr. Morrow, who as we all know is in possession of a very large pipeline, including a connection with the late chairman to become our next captain, and I'm currently in negotiations with him. At the same time, I'm also making preparations to make public the names and abilities of the demons who threaten us to prevent any further tragedies. Are there any of you out there who wish to cooperate with our missions? If so, then please make your vote a vote for Teradane. And we see that it's Hisoka that's walking through this hallway, and he pulls out a card. Okay, And then we so... get... what. I just wanted to get one thing clear. When he said morale was in possession of a large pipeline, did he mean like an oil pipeline? No, no, no. He meant like basically like a connection. I think okay, he so meant like, yeah, he meant like uh, he's he has good commu- uh, connection to people in the previous line. Okay. Like he was very gotcha. close to the to the chairman. Um, and morale is talking now and he's saying that there are so many problems with that speech. I don't even know where to begin. First of all, I said no to the whole deal when you called me about it, didn't I? <laughs> so he's like, I, I, I said no to your proposition, and then you said that I agreed to it, so that's ridiculous. He's like, yes, I was close with the late chairman, and I did partake in the ant incident, but I am not a fighter. Because of the way I plan, I work best as a, as a support. I don't think I'm as strong at all, even though I was singled out. You read the introductions for the best 16, didn't you? I'm a sea hunter, and I used to be a man of the sea. 
what are you trying to pull a man of the sea up to land for? If you really want to end this election as quickly as possible, then just send all your votes over to Pariston. I wouldn't vote for him even if there was a gun to my head, though. <laughs> and one more thing. If you make that, pu- that information public, you idiot, you'll just be accelerating your already imminent death. I told you loud and clear, didn't I? You can't split up your numbers. You need to hit them all at once in order to capture them. And stop calling yourselves a Saren group. You're too weak for that. I don't have an intention of joining you up with some idiots who don't listen to other people's warnings, and I certainly have no intention of becoming the next chairman, period. And as Morale is telling this to him, I think this is left in like a sort of a voicemail sort of thing, because if it was a two-way, um, basically... Like, it looks like right? it's Skype. Yeah. yeah, but if it was Skype, would Morale have been seeing what he... Basically, the dude gets murdered. Maybe he didn't have his good, webcam on, but Morale did. Maybe, but the guy basically gets decapitated by Hizoka, is what ends up happening. And Murad doesn't see it, so he thinks he's still talking to the guy. But then we get the results for the seventh election for the 13th chairman. And the total number of hunters that voted, is, or the total number of hunters period, is 635. Uh, in first place, once again, was Paristone. Second place was Leorio. Third place was Cheadle. Fourth was Misaystone. Misaystone. Fifth was Teradane. Yeah, fifth was Teradane, who is confirmed as dead. Six was Morale. Seven was uh, two people that got zero votes. So 31 absent votes. The voting rate was 95%. So that moves to the next phase, which is the top four candidates will continue on. So Peristone, Leoro, Cheadle, and Misaystone get to move on. And the the narrator says, yeah, or the chapter note says, the climax of two battle two battles draw near, and we see a picture or a panel of the city and a car, which is I'm assuming Killua, uh, heading towards the hospital. I like how quickly um, Hisoka and Illumi just gave up. It's like okay. You say this is how it works. We believe you. Well, we're keeping an eye on you. Well, Illumi's keeping an eye on him. Well, Illumi is, obviously. Hisoka doesn't care anymore. Hisoka's just uh, an extension of Illumi's, you know, what he wants to do. Yeah. At least while Hisoka, you know, wants to cooperate with him. So the main thing to, um... I mean, I assume that the vote's gonna go another round. It's gonna half. It's gonna be Leorio and... Um, Pariston, unless something happens with Cheeto. So, what do you think the final rule with Killua could be, and why um, do we think that it would result in um, everyone wanting to put needles in his head to control him? It's like, the only thing that popped into my head just now was that um, its existence somehow being related to Killua. Well, I was gonna. I was thinking more along the terms of Killua is capable of making as many wishes possible without having any sort of backlash to it. But then, would, where would the unless that that would make them want to control him? Well, that's what I'm saying because that way they can control him, and then at that point they can just do whatever without any sort of repercussions. It's possible. Uh, either that, or it's the opposite way where. 
he's gonna be, he knows the rule, and it's going to put a lot of people in danger, and no one wants to take the risk because it's so high. And at that point, they would do the the needles to stop him from doing so. Yeah, because he he has he said uh, from the very beginning, not to the family, but to morale when he's talking to him, is that there's no risk in what he was planning to do. And obviously, at the time, everyone was like, "What the hell are you talking about?" Of course, there's a risk. Your whole family could die. And he's revealed, at least up to this point, with the healing of Sibone, that when it comes to wishing for healing, there is no risk. So the only risk for him up to this point, as far as what we know now, was getting Alaka away from the family. I have a feeling um, the, the condition is possibly a, a limit to the number of wishes she can make. Until, like, pretty much, if she does a certain amount of wishes or certain types of wishes, that will uh, possibly kill Kilwa. Or, like, a condition like halving his life or something like that. That's what I was thinking, but, uh, of course, this chapter with saying that healing has no cost or negative cost, that blow all my theories out of the water yeah i mean it's it's kind of interesting that that it's so like it's a good power like it's morally just like if you wish something to be healed then there's no repercussion so it kind of makes it once again like there's a lot more to this power that we don't know and it could still be like you know, you could add a rule into it and be like, okay, that's totally believable. And that, once again, speaks volumes for the actual um, writing that Togashi did and establishment of, of this power where it's not it, it's not too far-fetched, you know? Yeah, I'm not sure exactly what that rule's going to be now. That's yeah. definitely thrown me off. But I I have no idea... Uh, changing topics over to the vote, how Yorio got all these extra votes. I guess everyone the... hates Cheadle. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, unless people basically stopped uh, with the... with that... Um, everyone realized that it was it was futile to vote for someone that wasn't in the top four already and the person that was very like getting out of the um the new faction the anti-chairman faction where they basically got killed off uh, to um god i forgot what i was gonna say but the the vote itself is gonna start to draw towards a conclusion as well as this okay let's make gone better and what we're left with really is to imagine the repercussions from this point on and to the way the votes have skewed now, obviously um, you started out with 661 and now we're down to 635 so you've had um, 26 people um, die in this, in the interim so the percentages obviously are going to be skewed differently now and a lot of the people who would have been 
um, contrary to Paristone, and I guess voted for the anti-German faction. Obviously, now that he's dead, um, maybe those votes are going to go towards the Oreo. Maybe those votes are going to go towards um, Cheadle. I don't know if Misai Stone is going to keep up his popularity going into the next round. But, I mean, obviously, it still looks like they cannot contend with Paristone unless they do something magnificent at this point. So, so far, obviously, by the way things are going, it looks like he's pretty much saying, oh, you guys can do whatever you want. I still know I'm going to win. Yeah, it's it certainly is a new twist in, in the election process because now we're basically down a four. And it's not the four people that were at last election because Teradain was in that too. But now that he's dead, you know, everyone's going to be like paying attention to these top four. And I don't know what the um, what this is going to incl- incline to, like if they have to do like some sort of forum po- or not, not like public forum a question and answer sort of thing. Like, you know, how presidential elections kind of have debates like that. Right. Oh, but that would be very interesting. So lose that, right? Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> Pariston seems so like bad. he is the ultimate manipulator. Like every every person, like if you're going to continue with Leorio, possibly being the person who who's going to be in second place, every person um, within the zodiacs that's against Pariston needs to coach Leorio up right now, because this guy is possibly. Um, obviously, Togashi would write it, could completely write him out of the, the election in the next chapter and say, no, 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 I was just joking. This guy is not going to win anything. He's, he's forever going to be the heel. But if you're if he passes Cheadle in this next round and she drops, obviously you're left with Pyrostone and Leorio as one and two. And you don't want Pyrostone to win. You don't have any chance with anybody else. So you have to groom Leorio very quickly into this person who could who could possibly take the leadership away from Paristone. And then you could also have the alternative where Paristone wins, and now we're left with a hunter organization that's going to follow his vision, whatever that is. Yeah. I'm just... I feel that Leorio is just there. Like, his purpose in this election is just to draw votes away from Paristan that would have probably went to Paristan otherwise. Yeah, the election probably would have been over a long time ago if he hadn't shown up and punched Jin in the face. Yeah, so I feel it's like Cheadle is very, or at least they described her as being very old school, and then Mizaistom is very, he doesn't care, pretty much, like he's very middle of the road, and then Paristan is like all the way on the other side. Yeah, it's... I can't really remember much. What was my say Stone's thing again? Uh, that was the Ox dude. He's like he just. Oh right, right. He just okay. Yeah, it was like he agreed with Jing, but he also agreed with some things with Paristan. So he was just yeah, he pretty much middle of the road. He can't make up his mind. Like I would love to see. Um, obviously, if Paristan wins, then it's gonna become an attempt to discover everything he's up to and exposing all of his shadiness and trying not to get killed in the process. So I think that would be an, an interesting world for Gon to wake up into where um, 
being a hunter, if it's even possible, is, is now more dangerous than it was before. Because you you have this guy that's the, the master manipulator. And if you don't play into his hands, well, he may find a way of getting rid of you. And it's also very interesting that he's been presented as a villain this entire time. And we know very little about him other than the chairman decided to, to pick this, this guy that he couldn't agree with on anything and put him there as his vice chairman. So, I don't know, maybe the second place person gets to be vice chairman. So I would like to see how Paristone would work with someone like Leorio as vice. Or even um, Cheadle as second, since she's like directly opposite of him. Oh god, I think she would, and try, that would, she would try to kill him. Yeah, and that would almost make a dynamic just like the, the, the previous uh, chairmanship with, you know, the the last chairman uh, was the complete opposite of Parison as well. Because it does seem like so far, um, Cheeto is the closest to the chairman's vision. Um, I've, obviously, all of the Zodiacs have a part of it. We'll see. Um, obviously, is the chapter gonna is the chapter gonna be released next week or the week after or? Well, it's since this was a double issue, it's not okay. going to be after New Year. Yeah, this 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 one was a double issue because that's why we were trying to figure out what the hell was happening with with the stream because this time of the year is always iffy because they guess, release a double issue and then they don't release for another two weeks, so we're not going to yeah, get another one. Is so... Golden Week nearby as well? That's uh, March. Yeah, that's March. Yeah. I, I guess, but you know what is going to be coming up in early February, I think, would be Chinese New Year. So they might take time off for that too. But I guess what's going to happen in the next episode is probably going to be just the recap thing, and that's it. Yeah. Because we won't have any other new material. So, okay. Sounds good. So thanks for joining us again. Um, sorry, we came back from a break just to take another break. Basically, it's not our fault. Like, I mean, okay, we could have planned it better and took time off until like the week before everything was coming back. But you'll just have to deal with this. Too bad. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but we shouldn't be missing anything after that unless anything happens with the uh, manga anime, which shouldn't be the case. But uh, or, or exploding cars. Yeah, I don't. I don't have any more problems with my my car in the foreseeable future. If there is, yeah, I know, right? I just totally jinxed myself. But uh, my car seems pretty stable right now. <laughs> knock on wood. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we will see you guys later. Uh, once again, uh, you can follow us on Twitter, uh, h at hxh podcast. Uh, email us at, at hxhpodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook. Uh, what else is there? I just Oh, our, our website. website. Yeah, our website. Uh, hxhpodcast.wordpress.com. Yes, uh, leave comments. You see, I see, I've seen that we've gotten some new people commenting. Keep it up, you guys. Glad to see you guys there. Yeah, and uh, that's about it. Uh, oh, iTunes. Yeah, iTunes. Rate and subscribe and let us know how we're doing. Um, we appreciate any sort of feedback, even if it's negative. We really don't discriminate. But you so. still have to put five stars. 
Yes. <laughs> you can put five stars, and then you can talk as much shit as you guys want. Like five stars. I hate this podcast. These people <laughs> yeah. are terrible. They don't know anything. I want to fight them with five stars. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Fight. We promise we should try. I mean, if you have recommendations on what you would want, that doesn't make this a five star podcast, and we'll we'll consider changing the format up. And I guess if you want to fight, you know, just send five stars and we'll set up yes. a meeting. Exactly. <laughs> we will send a hitman to come get you. Yeah. <laughs> Personally, Hisoka will show up at your door. Or Diego dressed as Hisoka. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I could do that. Drunk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll be a hell of a... I never cosplay and that'll be like the first time I'll be like, hey... You don't like the podcast? <laughs> Show up with cards and covered in blood. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, so, you had roommates, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes or no? No, you didn't. <laughs> Not anymore. At that point, it would just be, uh, no, officer, this is just ketchup, I swear. <laughs> it's like, this is just water and red food coloring it's not blood I, well it's not human blood anyway <laughs> yeah see we were slaughtering cattle <laughs> yeah. I work at the nearby butcher I decided to dress like this cause it was um dress up day it was random holiday in Brazil day and of course you know all costumes in Brazil kind of look like clowns I was going to say it's carnival. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, we will see you guys later. <laughs> Bye. Bye. I just like how Chris Brown, like, after, like, he took anger management classes, like, he thought it was over. Like, he thought, like, people weren't still gonna, like, people were gonna be okay with him. Yeah, his fans, and they have no problem with him. <laughs> no, but other people that are like, dude, you hit a woman and, and then on Twitter, he's like, yo, leave me the fuck alone, I said I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he says that all the time, it's like, apparently, it's, um... On his list of interview questions that you can't ask is anything pertaining to Rihanna. So I love that the um, the Today Show is like, okay, 
I see that you don't want us to talk about Rihanna. And when he comes out, they're like, "So, Rihanna, what's up with that?" <laughs> and we're gonna put our black. We're gonna put our black interviewer out just in case we don't want. Oh. And then he started throwing chairs out windows. Yeah, man. <laughs> because that's how big boys deal with questions they don't want to answer. <laughs> they go backstage into the room. Guys, you guys have never done that before. <laughs> Not about questions. Oh shit. <laughs> that's usually how I end all my interviews. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like peace. Throw those chair at the at the freaking interviewer. And walk away as a fight starts. Yep. Yes. Right, exactly. Those it all goes slow mo behind me. I just I can just imagine like Chris Brown throws that chair out the window. They said it was like a I don't know like a two story three story building. So I just imagine it falls onto the street and just a brawl happens <laughs> the street. 